five seconds. Four, three, two. Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live. Brand new episode of Red Maryland Radio here on the Red Maryland Network and on Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. Coming to you from the Jim Plunkett Studio in the heart of the downtown business district of Severna Park. That's right. On the banks, eh, somewhere near the banks of the semi-historic Magathy River. On the bucolic western shore sure. of Maryland. Oh, yes. On the feast, by the way, uh, the of our, our Lady of Guadalupe. The, I was going to say, isn't this the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe? And it is. You so are you listening go. to Maryland's leading man, it's complicated talk show. being Catholic, man. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Grimm. With me in the studio, Greg Klein. Good to be here. Got a lot to talk about here tonight. The Republican Party convention was over the weekend, so we'll talk a little bit more, uh, a little more of analysis as to what happened there. We covered it soup to nuts, so if you haven't gone back and listened to the podcast we did on Friday night or... Uh, the interviews that Brian collected that he did on the air raid on Sunday. Definitely urge you to go back. We won't rehash that. But some follow-up, some some insights, some things we learned, and some some thoughts. Yeah. Kind of button it up. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about some of the new articles that we uh, that we put up there. One related to the convention, which is the Correct. potential uh, challenge to the multi-member districts in the General Assembly. And also my piece last night about uh, the new stadium for the Redskins, which has got people talking. Um yeah, people love talking about sports and politics, and this combines the both. Yes. So. We've also got yes the results of the December Red Maryland poll. Now, you people, we got your results. Huge turnout for this. And go ahead. Go ahead. In my hand right here are the finalists. The finalists. For the 2018 each Red Maryland Awards. A lot of discussion about the awards as there is every year. And um, and then and then after that, after we get past and get through right. all the listener feedback from the survey. Right. We're going to get to another segment. Yes. Of listener feedback. And, and it's, it's, it's gonna, never ending. It's going to be days. a fun one. And it deserves the follow up because it's something we talked about before. It's an ongoing theme. It's hilarious. Um, I'm not going to say anything more than that. You have to, you have to stay until the end. Yeah. But for those of you who say, oh, why do you guys always talk about people bashing? No, you want to hear this. It's hilarious. Yeah. So just stay tuned. Um, so it's all been, that. All and that more. and more tonight. I want to point out uh, that this episode of Red Maryland Radio is sponsored by the Red Maryland Leadership Conference, Saturday, January 26, 2019, from the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis. Folks. Let's talk about this just for a quick second. It's going we're, to sell out. We're going to shill it as long as we can. It's going <laughs> to sell out. We get another. And by the way, everybody's bought a ticket. Thank you very much. This The seating is limited. And we did that on purpose because it, you know, it's the first time we're doing this. Right. We, we wanted to make sure that we had a, a certain amount. And folks, I'm telling you right now, we get another weekend like we had last weekend. Thank you all. It's going to be sold out. Yeah. It's, okay. So if you want to go, if, if you're thinking, you need to well, buy I'll your wait, ticket. I, I don't even have to think about buying until January. No, get your tickets now. Yeah. Because we, because you know, we were kind of hoping to sell it out, and then we started thinking, oh, well, we might sell it out in December. Now I'm coming to the conclusion we're going to be turning people away. 
Yeah. Okay. It's because the seating's limited. We reserved a certain amount of room and a certain amount of seats, and it's it's a it's a lot. We didn't initially. We weren't sure we were going to sell this out. Yeah. Now, now we've gone. Then thank you so much. And a lot of the names of people who bought tickets, we don't recognize. Right. So we know there's a lot of people who know us, who are fans of ours, who we've communicated with over the years, who haven't bought a ticket yet, who are going to want to. Better get on it. Yeah. Because you, and we're not. I know we're shilling, but we're not creating false hype. We right. really are running out of tickets. So yeah, we are. We are now. running out of places to put people at the moment. Um, we did have some. We did have some new people who are who have joined the La- uh, yeah. joined the speakers list officially. Dirk Hare, chairman of the Maryland Republican Party, will be there. Okay. Uh, Liz Matori will be there. Former yes. member of Cong- or candidate for Congress. Excuse right. me. Uh, Christopher Summers from the Maryland Public Policy Institute. These are all people that is have just confir- been added. Was Chris fir- confirmed? That is confirmed. Yes. Awesome. So. Awesome. Um, he'll be talking about session. He'll be talking about issues coming up, regulatory, all the reform. stuff that they do, yeah. business yeah. climate. Yeah, he's great. And it's funny because we had just to pull the curtain back a little bit. We had um, there was a great report that came out, and I forget the I forget the uh, lady's name, woman's yeah. name from MPPI who did this great economic report, and we invited her, and she was not available to go. But Chris, who's the head of Maryland Public Policy Institute, yeah, uh, is like she's not available, but. I'm available. Can I come? And we're Absolutely. like, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So So you want it redmarylandconference.com. You if if you are at all on the fence about buying a no, ticket, it's great. go buy it. Okay? Because you know I'll tell you right now, if I wasn't helping Brian put the conference on and we weren't doing it as Red Maryland, right. I'd be buying a ticket to go. Yeah. Because it's great. We've got t- and we still have we might have a n- couple more big announcements yet. Just stay tuned. Right, couple couple announcements. We're still working. I don't on know a few where we're going to get all these people in. <laughs> That's our problem, not your problem. Right. You just get a ticket, and you're and lunch is included. Don't forget. Yeah, that. lunch. You get a lunch. You know. Yeah, I, I, I we're still, we're still setting it up because we're still trying to. Get, I don't think Brian and I are going to have time to talk. I mean, because I originally thought, <laughs> oh, we'd say some things during the day, but. Nah, we we'll, got so many speakers. It's going to be here's the next. We'll person, we'll make it. It'll be it'll be okay. I'll we'll find, I'll make sure we find get a way. we get some. We get okay. some talking there, but when you when we sell out, we're gonna stop talking about it. So no, we're not. We're gonna keep talking about it. We're keep telling everybody, reminding Shut everybody, up. hey, Shut we up. sold it out. <laughs> call to action. I'm creating urgency. <laughs> oh, but yeah, call to action. Buy the damn ticket, please. <laughs> yeah. Please buy the ticket. Exactly. Redmarylandconference.com. You do not want to miss out. You do not want to be that person who says, "Damn, I wish I could have gone to the conference, but I waited too long to buy a ticket." Don't no, be I, that I, I, guy. I, I know what it's gonna be. It's gonna be, "Hey, Greg. Hey, Brian." Come on, you got a ticket for me, don't you? No. <laughs> I mean, don't be that guy. Yeah. We don't want that guy. No. RedMarylandConference.com. Right. So let's talk about the, uh, speaking of events that were in hotel ballrooms, let's talk about Correct. the Republican Party convention Yeah. Uh, over the weekend Yeah. Uh, over at the Hotel at Arundel Preserve. You know, of all, uh, and uh, uh, just to put over the hotel a little bit, of all the hotels that we've done these shows from, Correct. probably the best organized, the best set up location is a hotel at Arundel Preserve. I, I will tell you, for our purposes, it was great for a number of reasons. Number one, we had a good Wi-Fi connection. We were actually able to get audio or video. Right. We, you know. We, will we continue us, that in the future? I don't know. Help but. us get a better stand and a, a camera person. That's what we really PayPal.me <laughs> slash But they've got us in a great place where we have a table. We're all set up. 
Um, there's lots of traffic. They, mm-hmm. they kind of switched the timing of the exec board meeting, so that kind of threw us off a little bit. We had to adjust on the fly. But great traffic and yet not too loud that you can still hear what we're doing. And we've done some of these things where it's so loud. Brian and I couldn't hear each other if we well, were talking that. That through was, the mics. That was the governor's one-year anniversary event at Naval Marine Corps right. Stadium. Well, we, could, we, we could not hear each other. We've done conventions where together. it's the same thing. or we're, we're in the hallway when people are getting off the elevator and they're kind of drunken, stumbling by us. Right. It's fun. We had fun with it, but we didn't have anything like that on Friday. And first off, everybody at Safe Party treated us great. Thank you very much. Right. Definitely. Um, and it's a great show to go check out. A uh, lot of interesting guests. A nice cross-section, I thought. And some really interesting... I... Came away with that with some insight into where the state party is right now. Yeah, let me let me just kind of run through the rest of the weekend, and we'll talk a little about the insight. Please do some of the analysis. You left after the show. I went and hung out in some of the uh, in some of the, some of the suites, and for once, it was actually kind of good and bad because all of the hospitality suites were on the third floor, so it was all on one floor. One floor. That's so that's gonna, good. That's a good idea. Well, oh, maybe not. It's good me. and it's bad. It's good. Because everything's on one floor, you don't you have you don't have to worry as much about noise and people being right. in the hallway, right. which is kind of what they worry about. The right. problem is everybody's using one hallway, and like every oh, so party, every, it just okay. come becomes a traffic jam trying okay. to get through there. All right. So that was, um, you know, I, I think I got into all the suites uh, at some point. I think I think. Okay. Um, I can tell you that Matt Adams had Smith Island cake, which was really the, oh, the cool. hit Very of good. the. The hit of the uh, our new third our vice new chair. third vice chairman on on Saturday. I got to the convention um, after lunch, um, so I got and I started was able to do all my interviews starting during lunch and was able it's to a great job on the interviews. Thank the you. Way. I was a little concerned because it was obviously the first time I was using the recorder in the wild, so some of the audio is better than others. I, if I, I am, had to I guess, am, I wasn't there. But if I had to guess, yeah, it's a little overmodulated the recording apart when you're talking. My guess is you held it too close to your mouth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is 100 percent probably accurate. Yeah. I am no Dwayne Keenan when it comes to recording audio in the wild. No, who is really? Um, but I, I thought it was definitely. Uh, I tried to get as many interesting people as I could. You got a lot of interesting people. I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah, a couple people came up and said, hey, we're great fans of Red Maryland. Senator, awesome. Senator, Senator Gallion was one of them saying, hey, I awesome. love, you, love what you guys do. Awesome. Um, and that was the first time I had actually had a chance to meet uh, yeah. Senator Gallion. And, uh, yeah, nice I, guy. And, and I, got, I didn't have to look him up at all. And I got the, uh, and I got the, the interviews with the new vice chairman. Uh, which you did. Was, you which talked to nice. all of them. Yeah, I was able to, and, to pull and those And really guys. insightful because you'll get into this more detail, but. There was there was some change and the incumbents were kind of thrown out and you got some good insight as to the arguments they were making as to why they should be there rather than the people who were already there. Yeah, the big news and we'll talk a little bit more about it later on. Of course, was during um, during Dirk Hare's introductory remarks during the afternoon. He talked about how the state party is considering challenging the multi member districts. That's a story I wrote at RedMaryland.com. Yeah, yesterday. we'll talk about that. In a and second. we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later on during the show. But um, you know, as we said, the the elections went off. Uh, Dirk yeah. Hare was was unopposed, so unopposed. he obviously was him. He and Chris Rosenthal were were reelected, both unopposed uh, right. by acclamation. Um, the vote for first vice chairman was just now we know who won, but tell me, give, give me the story a little bit here. So we had the incumbent Mike Higgs from Montgomery right. County, Montgomery County. We had Brandon Cooper from Prince George's County, correct, and Melanie Harris from Baltimore County. Yes. Um, candidate for delegate recently. Right. So Stick we're most of the way through 
the vote, but then there were issues with the credentialing on Kent County and Montgomery County. Oh. And so they were reporting— And they were into the—they were—so they got past the We were in the vote at this point. Race? Well, the chairman was voted by acclamation, so it wasn't like there had—there wasn't wasn't a a recorded vote for that. It was just a No, I understand, but usually—correct me if I'm wrong, but usually— they have a report from the credentials committee they did. at the beginning, but there were still issues even when they got to the voting. Yeah, one was one was was error on the counts. It was it was an error on on the state party, frankly, running the running the election. Oh dear! Um, and then there was another one, and they so they eventually decided to let them amend it because it really didn't change the outcome. Um, let who amend what? They let Kent and Montgomery uh, amend their. Number of people in attendance, their credential, their, creden- their number of credentialed members, ah. because it didn't change the outcome. Because the outcome okay. was, um, the outcome was that it went to a second ballot. Okay, because nobody got um, Mike Higgs had a plurality, not a majority. Okay, on the first ballot. All right, um, and then in in the middle of the vote, before the votes even finished, though, Melanie Harris gets up and withdraws from the race and throws her support to Brandon Cooper. So the first ballot is not technically. She would have run out of time to do that. It's probably a good idea. Um, (laughs) But but no, the vote had already. But the vote had already happened for the counties that had already voted for her. Right. What the few people did vote for her. Right. And then, but she did it in the middle of a vote, which is also improper. And Dirk Dirk Hare was pretty pissed off about that and kind of let be known he was that he was angry about that. Um. So then on the second ballot. Um, you know, on the second ballot, there was uh, Brandon Cooper wound up winning the majority. Now, after the election, okay. it turned out there was this whole Facebook post from Melanie Harris about just completely burying the yeah. entire party, which I don't. Uh, well, well, no, I mean, it was if you go back and look at go it, go back and check it out. She had some she had some problems and uh, she had some problems and didn't feel like she was supported and was a team player and wasn't rewarded for being a team player. I can tell you part of her problem Which, is that she certainly was listening to some of the wrong people because, you know, one of the – and I won't dignify She's this. not the first or only person who's ever been loyal and worked hard and not felt like they got gotten a fair shake. I mean, I – But know. again, I mean, just look I, at I some of the – I say pe- that. I don't know anything about the details of what she said. Look at some of the people she was surrounding herself with no, on Friday night. You I, can tell that we're not talking about somebody I understand. Who, it was bigger than what happened on right. Saturday, what she was posting. Totally right. different. That was, you know – so whatever people but when you're hanging out with certain detractors of Red Maryland who have criminal records, that probably shows you you're not the best judge of, of well, character and probably not the person who should be uh, who should who should be involved in positions of leadership in the party. Yeah. So okay. I right. but we never I mean, had a problem. But with she was, I don't know why she would have a problem I, with us. I well, I think if you get again, it's like, you know, who you're hanging around with. No, at I, that I, point. I, I, I get, get that. The we don't need to. You get the idea. So um, she wasn't successful. But she was, she was blown but out Brandon of the water. Won, so but Brandon won, so how close won. was it? Uh, it was pretty On the second clo- ballot. It wasn't, it wasn't as close as the, as the second vice chairman's race, I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, but it was, uh, it was very... Uh, now, I know you talked with Brandon, and you had the interview with Brandon. Yes. Did you get a sense of watching it that there was some particular issue that was affecting that race, and was it similar for the other races where we had... Well, we, we knew going in that Brandon and Melanie had an agreement that if one of them, that if it made it to a second ballot, the one who was in 
third, if it was if it came down to Mike Higgs in first or second, and then Brandon or Melanie in first or second, okay. that whoever was in third was going to throw their support to that, the other. That's one. fine, and that's very common. You're challenging the incumbent. That's, right. That's that's fine. Challenges work together. Right. Um, Sometimes that works better than other times. I, I think just there was a general sense of that from some people that things needed to change at some level. Okay. Um, you know, I, I think that people were – obviously people were happy enough with Dirk to keep him and not challenge him, but there's, people realized or decided that they needed there needed to be additional perspectives on the executive committee. Okay. Um, that's just kind of my gut sense of the room. Right. Uh, you know, it wasn't like people were, like, super pissed at the incumbents themselves. It was just a matter of um, – yeah, it was just a matter of they wanted they wanted change and they wanted new perspectives. Um, okay, it was kind of the same. Yeah, the 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 second vice chair's race was the interesting one uh, because it was. Well, tell us about that. Go well, ahead. because we had no incumbent in that race. Okay, Mary Helminiak, longtime second retired. vice chair, retired from the post. Right. So it was uh, a friend, Joey Lynn Huff, against right. friend Tony Campbell, the U.S. Senate nominee. Joey Lynn was on kind of the incumbent slate. She if was. You will. They had it. They had it all slated up. Right. Right. And. Uh, she's a former chairman of of Maryland for Trump. That's right. And uh, so and she was nominated. She had her nominating speech was by David Bossie, who did it yeah. by video. He wasn't there. He was there Friday night, but didn't you, you could see him on our video. Didn't yeah. come to the convention on Saturday for whatever reason. But he was there by video. You may have had a job interview. And <laughs> I hear there might be a vacancy. Yeah. Soon. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that later. OK. Um, and then Delegate Kathy Shalega was was her seconding speech. Nice. And uh, and then that, that was the closest vote because it was it was only I think it was less than five points as far as the weighted vote system goes between okay. between the two of them. So it was I mean it was razor thin as far as these kind of but uh, Tony Campbell, our U.S. Senate candidate from the, the new last cycle, is the new second was the vice winner. Chairman. So yeah. congratulations. And then the third vice chairman's race, the incumbent Shannon Wright, uh, lost pretty handily. To Isn't Matt, to to Matt Adams, the third, the the new third vice chairman from Somerset County. That is interesting. Well, it was interesting too because you had Diana Waterman was right. gave one of Matt's nominating speeches. Okay. Um. So and you know and you have, you know and we're gonna, we'll talk about the reporting about all of this in a second. But you had right. the president of the Maryland Federation of Republican Women nominating a male who was running against a fe- the female incumbent, which was true, just very interesting. true. And you have a former chairman who's supporting somebody who's challenging a sitting vice chair mm-hmm. i mean that's that's part of the dynamic you have there too they're both from the eastern shore i'm sure they have a history together and they know each other but i will say this but matt, th- that is a little unusual and it's noteworthy but matt ran an extremely organized right aggressive and visible campaign for that well, See, there he, you go. he he did not did not half-ass it i mean he had t-shirts uh, okay. He was even wearing a shirt Friday night. Every, he, he was he had folks wearing the Matt Adams for third vice chair shirt. He had a shirt that said "I'm Matt Adams." <laughs> okay, and good. so people who didn't hey, know great. him were able to track him down. And again, he had Smith Island cake. You know, don't don't sleep on that. And he won he won that pretty handily. I mean, to some degree, these these are like you know student government elections. I mean, let's they be are honest. they are they are. But and that goes back to one of the things we had talked with Dirk about on Friday night was his idea of res- resurrecting. Uh, the idea that maybe we, these vice chairs should be more regional in nature and have more distinct responsibilities. Well, I don't right? think we talked about that on the air. I think that was off air. Okay. Um, well, anyway, that's out there. Um, you know that the idea. I'm not of, saying it's not out there. I'm yeah, saying that it's an idea. People watch the show. They're like, "What are you talking?" Yeah, about? it's an idea that's that's come about before and one that we that's probably long right. overdue because realistically, you know, 
People asked us, well, aren't you going to endorse these races? No, because the vice chairman have no power. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's it's one of those elections where it's like it's I, not really. I think also because I think also we decided not to endorse, but rather just put the information out there about these right. people because we got a lot of people that we know and like who are in those races. That too. And, you know, let the Central Committee decide. Right. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'd, I'd love for us to think that our endorsement would sway people. I don't know if it would or well, not. Well, but I mean, we, we endorsed, you know, we endorsed Dirk two years ago. We, we <laughs> torpedoed Collins Bailey. I torpedoed Collins Bailey when okay. he ran for re This is re-election. where Brian says it would have tilted. But so, no, but remember when, when, when I wrote, I wrote, of you not to, not when to I wrote it. about Collins Bailey, you know, people told me that day that that swung their vote and that's why he lost Well, there was race. information that you gave that was affected, that, that affected, I'm sure, the information we gave here. He I actually mean, was there on Saturday, by the way. Good. I hope you gave him my best when uh, you saw him. Uh, he, I, he didn't want to come anywhere near me. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the point is we didn't have strong opinions on it. We want to let the Central Committee decide. And as you say, these vice chair races, you know, uh, show me, what, you know, whoever's in there, show me that you're actually doing something because you don't always see a lot of that so right. and then the last contested race was mark unkefer uh easily was reelected the uh, secretary of the state party over good Anne for him. white who we did get a chance to meet on on friday night yes As it turns out she's also secretary of the mfrw which i did not know until there you go until then so and then by that point you know because like the fir- vote for first vice chair sorting that out took a freaking hour an hour? It took an hour. It took a long time to sort that. Everything else moved quicker because, again, it was only two people races. and Yeah. You know, they had sorted out the issues with there. So by the time by the time the race for um, third vice chair was over, there was no – or for secretary was over, there were no resolutions. Everybody was just ready to get the hell out of there. Sure. So um, so just general overall convention thoughts. I'll start with you. General uh, – well, I mean I- – if you listen to our coverage, get you can get the sense. Um, the one thing I walked away with, um, and I think if you go back and listen and talking to people even off off air, um, the the sense was it was sober. I mean, at least well, I what happened later, but sober in the sense that people realized some good things happen. Um, but there's a lot of work to do. And I think it was very, there was a lot of realism. There was a little bit of, and we got a flavor for it. There was a little bit of backbiting, a little bit of complaining, some really specific complaints about uh, what the state party was doing during the election. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the, the governor had a vendor that was kind of foisted on a lot of candidates down ballot and the, the vendor was focused on the the vendor was focused on the governor, who was his big client, obviously, and kind of gave short shrift. I don't know if that's true, but that was a complaint that was made. Um, there was some thought that, we, you know, there wasn't a good statewide message. That was one of the things that Tony talked about when we interviewed him. Um, there was a sense there wasn't unhappiness with the state party. A lot of it was a recognition that we're in a tough spot. we got a lot of work to do. But there was some sense that and, and, and in a different way than we've heard it from other places, but we got. We we put too much on just having Governor Hogan be popular. Yes. And got away from doing other things to help other people win. And, um, you know, I, and I think that that was the, the it was a sobering reality. It was a tough year and people didn't do enough. And, and there was there was some kind of passive acknowledgement that there was, you know, 
we kind of thought the governor's popular and he'll just carry everybody over, and it didn't happen. I think from that perspective, when you look at people who were um, happy with the results, obviously, of the governor's race, right. but realistic about what happened down ballot and realistic right. about, hey, we've got to change the way we do things going forward, I think it was pretty much one of the more um, mature adult mature sober yeah i mean i I think it was it wasn't it wasn't unhappy we've been to the ones where we've gotten our heads kicked in and people are mad right and unhappy and and it wasn't anything like that and i and i gotta tell you it it was here in anne arundel county we had it here a year ago not a lot of elected officials no not even a lot of people. You tell me if it got really crowded later on. But even when it's, we were there, it, it looked, the time we were there last year, and I know they changed the time of the exec board meeting, but it was a lot busier. There were a lot of elected officials. There was a lot more buzz and energy. It was much more sober. No, there were definitely and, not yeah. a lot of elected officials. Most of the elected officials I saw there were ones who had, uh, particularly on Saturday, were just people who had business there. You know, like yeah. when Kathy Shalega came in and... Yeah. You know, like a I said, lot, Senator Gallagher. A lot of them there. came Saturday, came in, did their business. And I didn't and see left. everybody and obviously I didn't see everybody on right. on Friday night, but it, and look, it looked ha- crowded, particularly the, because of just how everybody was jammed into the hallway. And let's be honest, half the people we interviewed at the same place, the convention the year before, they're not in office anymore. That's true. And they did not post. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can't blame them, I, I guess. Yeah, I but, mean but you know, it was noticeable. It was noticeable. I think the interesting thing, to me at least I got to talk to Delegate Shoemaker, who's one of my favorites, by the way. I got to interview interview yeah, I heard him after the show he's um, a good he's one of the good ones the interesting thing for me I think was the fact that you know none of the potential candidates statewide candidates had any hospitality suites or anything like that yeah um, nobody's jumping right you know, into that You're yeah right. which I thought was interesting because you know people if you look back to 2010 I don't know if it was necessarily a 2010 convention but certainly by the time we got to, to the 2011 spring convention you know David Craig was there. Change Maryland was there. You know, people were already starting to lay the groundwork for what was coming next. It'll be interesting when the conve- we get to the Ocean City Convention, um, and I'm not sh- – we haven't talked yet what we're going to do for that and or if we're going to do anything for that. But it'll be interesting to see if that convention we start to see the Barry Glassmans of the world or Justin Reedy or Mike Huff, whoever decides to run – in that race, if they if they start getting themselves yeah, Justin, out, we're going to keep pushing that line. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it will and be I guess te- and I guess technically, um, Mike Huff technically did have a suite. I know Joey Lim was using the suite, that suite for her race as well. So yeah, I don't know if that's where that's where Mike's head would be, but um, and 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 we'll you know I'm sure the Trump people will have a, another big um, oh sure f- showing when, when you know we start get to, they that. did have another v- very large suite this time as well. Um, uh, it doesn't, I mean, doesn't look like the president's going to face any serious opposition within the party, which is probably a good thing. I, he said. Um, Who said? I said that. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that'll be something more, too. I, it's still a little early. I think people are kind of, I, I think that was part of it, too. There's there's also the sense I got was we're kind of waiting and seeing. It feels like it was bad, but it's not all bad. In some ways, it was good. And how, you know, for people who lost, it was terrible. Yeah. But the overall sense, um, it wasn't as good as 2014. But it Certainly wasn't 2010. Not. It wasn't 2006. No. So I think people are trying to get a feel for what they did. Part of it's going to be when we get into session, when we see how this new legislature works out. Uh, what the Senate's like, what the House is like, and you can how learn the governor reacts. More, then I think you're going to get a 
bigger sense of that. And you'll be able to talk more about all of those topics. The Red Maryland Leadership Conference. Yes. RedMarylandConference.com to buy your tickets. Tickets are close to selling out, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Let's okay. talk now a little bit about one thing, and this is the thing that really pissed me off. So we covered it soup to nuts. If you go right. to Red Maryland, you got full coverage of this event. And if you looked anywhere else, you got squad douche. Okay? Bookus. Um The Baltimore Sun... Yeah. Didn't send a reporter. They put up a story. They put up a post on on their website on Saturday night that was just a regurgitation of who won. That's probably it. probably just they got the press release from the party and did it, or they just phoned in a story at Red Maryland's Twitter feed where we were live tweeting the event and just maybe regurgitated I, I, that. I maybe maybe that's what they did. I don't know. Maryland Matters, who sent a reporter, took pictures at the Democratic Party convention. Yeah, sent nobody to the convention. Yeah. They then reported. They did credit. They credited us, us for for yeah. doing the actual work. Right. Um, but then the headline, of course, was Maryland Republican Party elects all male board. Right. That instantly became the left wing talking point. Right. Um, forget that they're and I'm jumping ahead. I know. Forget that they we elected two African Americans, three African American, whatever the number was, two, two African Americans to the board. Forget that there were change there were women who were running who were incumbents and, and so forth. And women so supporting so forth. the male candidates and that more than yeah. half the people in the room were, yeah. were forget women that we don't have voting. we don't have the Vacocta rules that mandate some sort of gender equity the way that the Democrats do. So um you know the the fact is the the left was gonna look for whatever violation of, of the politically correct uh, rules and there are it happened to be that they were all guys because they couldn't it, and they ignored the fact that it was culturally and ethically ethnically diverse and diverse from region and diverse from background and all this kind of stuff yeah age as well but they've ignored all of that uh because they could you know hammer it that it's women and they weren't even there and that's the part that that's the thing that's really infuriating because if you again if you go back you look at all of the press coverage regarding right the Maryland Democratic Convention, which was just last weekend. Yeah. The only credentialed media that were there all weekend were these two guys here on your screen or, on, or on your party, speaker. Yeah. As opposed to the Democrats. Yeah. Or – and um, Shannon Wright, the former third vice chairman, her husband was there. They do a right. podcast. They were okay. credentialed. There you go. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's the extent of the media. You got wall-to-wall coverage. You got the Baltimore Sun the next day doing an interview with the new state party chairman, the Maryland Democratic Party. Yeah. Couldn't be bothered to send even an intern to cover the Maryland Republican Party. Which convention. is which is I mean, we know there's a bias. We know there's a left wing bias in the Baltimore Sun. We know there's a left wing bias with Maryland Matters. Josh. But they're the pre- but they're but they're the premier me- political news site yeah. in Maryland, even though they just didn't bother. Um, just ignored the our convention. But they just completely ignored it. Either they made the decision that it wasn't relevant because the chairman or because. I, I don't know what the reasoning was other than they just don't think what the Republican Party does is important, which is silly because, you know, it is I, the party of the governor of the state of Maryland who who, in fairness, wasn't there and doesn't have a lot of direct involvement in the party. Let's the party but do still. their own thing, which I which I don't think he gets enough credit for because we've had Republican governors in the past. I won't mention any names. so You can probably figure it out. Yeah. Who He's were a little bit source. more, <laughs> a little more heavy handed in that. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So. You know, we pointed it out. There was interesting things to happen. There were newsworthy things to happen that were just as newsworthy as what happened in the Maryland Democratic Party. Like discussing about the multi-member 
exactly you know, lawsuit, and it is, was just ignored. Right, just plain. Ignored. Which let's talk about the lawsuit, and then we'll go ahead and take we'll take one break, and then we'll kind of okay. Iron Man up the rest of the show. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so there is a potential lawsuit that's going to be filed in federal court regarding the multi-member districts Correct. that are in the Maryland General Assembly. Correct. And there's a piece at RedMaryland.com I read about this. And, of course, I wrote about this a couple of years ago as it relates to the Constitution of 1967 when I proposed that we should bring back certain pieces of that failed Constitution as we, one, pass single-member districts, but, two, reduce the size of the Maryland General Assembly. Right. But right now, depending on where you live in the state of Maryland, you either have one delegate, two delegates, or three delegates representing you. I live in 31A. I have two delegates who are going to be representing me. A couple miles west of me in 31A, they only have one delegate representing them. A couple miles west of that in 32, they have three delegates representing them. So, you know, somebody who lives in Linthicum, for example, has a vote, has a representative on three different House committees, whereas I have only two representatives on two different House committees, and somebody else may only have one representative on one House committee. And if that strikes you as ridiculously unfair, it is. Completely legal under the state constitution. Um, well, as you point out in your piece, you quote the constitutional provision, which expressly provides for that. Right. But there is obviously some some thought that this violates the federal you know, federal law and the U.S. Constitution by violating the principle of, of one man, one vote, because you have unequal representation based on where you live and unequal representation based on primarily on political concerns more than anything else. I used to have three delegates representing me, and then they carved our district into a one-member district and a two-member district strictly for the purpose of electing a Democrat in yeah, and, one and, part and, of that and, district. And we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. and we'll get back to legality. The, the, the reason it's done the way that it's done is to maximize Democratic re- uh, representation. That's why it's split the way that it's split. So if three benefits Democrats, it's three. If it's two... Uh, or if it's one where they can lump a bunch of Republicans together, which is generally, or they can carve out an area for a Democrat, that's what they do. That's why it is the way it is now. And let's not forget, too, it's, and this not, is... it's not because Democrats think that three is a better way to represent than one. Right. It's because they're just purely numbers game. Um, the fact is there's a there has been a lot of research, a lot of testimony when this issue has come up in the past mm-hmm. and proposed maps with single member districts have been drawn that it it not only does it help Republicans, it does, but it maximizes uh, community representation. Mm-hmm. It maximizes uh, minority representation because it represents communities as opposed to right. large swaths of areas right or now parts you, of a county right now, particularly in parts of, you know, you know, right now, Baltimore City is underrepresented because they share districts with Baltimore County. Right. African Americans are underrepresented because you know they share districts with more you know with whiter suburbs. Asian Americans in Montgomery County are underrepresented because they you know districts that are majority Asian American are thrown in with majority white districts. So right. we're we're talking about not just um, ideological representation, but we are talking about ethnic representation across the state, which is being you know throttled down just to keep Democrats happy. Yeah, and I, we give you just a couple of, and you guys know this, but just a couple of quick examples uh, from from where we live here in Anne Arundel County. You take District Twenty One; mm-hmm. part of it's in Anne Arundel County, most of it's in Prince George's County. The folks, all of the delegates, live in Prince George's County. Right. Um, they vote one way when it comes to things like an elected school board when they're the Prince George's County delegation. Then they voted differently in the past when it comes to Anne Arundel County delegation. Mm-hmm. And there's been arguments of how much of it. But the folks who live in the Anne Arundel part of that 
of that district essentially are unrepresented. Right. Okay. Um, so so you, you can see that and you can uh, then you take a place just for example, where I live in District 33. Okay. It's a Republican area. It's all Republican. But you've got different communities. You've got Crofton. You've got Severna Park. You've got other areas. Mm -hmm. So if Crofton wants to get a high school built, which has been an issue for a long time, they, you know, if if all three of the elected, if all three of the delegates are from Severna Park or they their base of supports in Severna Park or vice versa, if there's some battle between those communities, it may not be easily represented because how can the same person represent both of those without mm -hmm. having some sort of conflict? If you have one delegate representing Crofton and one representing Severna Park, that's a better way to kind of have a debate over how you allocate resources or do other things or that's someone right. can be more of an advocate. And that's the same in every community where you have these. You have the same kinds of things wherever you are. So um, having that more localized representation in the House of Delegates which is what you have in Congress, which is what you have in most legislative bodies. It's what you have on the county council. It's what you have most other places. Um, allows individual members to represent individual communities and advocate for the interests of those communities rather than large, larger geographical areas where parts of which they may not even have to care about politically. Right. right. So the important thing here is, look, I don't, I don't think we know how successful the case is going to be. I mean, it's still in the preliminary I, stages. I, they were t they were talking about, and the interviews that you had when you talked with Delegate Schlager particularly, and I urge you to go back and check it out, the idea was, well, let's see how viable it is, and we're going to try to raise some money to do it. It's worthwhile challenging, perhaps. I haven't looked at the argument that's going to be made. Frankly, I think it's a pretty darn uphill battle because you got a very clear state constitutional provision that allows right. this um and just to say equal protection you know it's one thing when you talk about redistricting i don't think there's any question that the 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 um and not to get nerdy here but the jurisprudence yeah, we're of, far of too late for that of gerrymandering there's always been kind of a hint that there's a line somewhere where you could gerrymander enough that it would be a constitutional violation and now we're approaching those lines because we have the technology to do it mm -hmm. and we have the evidence of people just saying, yeah, we're just trying to maximize representation for our party. This kind of provision doesn't necessarily do that because you can still have fair representation and you can and the people who, you know, you, I, I get I get the argument you're making that I have three people in the delegate, but it's 90,000 people sharing three people. However, you right. work it out. So. I'm not sure it's as easy an argument to make, and I'm not sure it's ever been challenged before it may have. Oh, I'm not sure it has, but, but I think it'll, the, be, it'll be curious to see. And it, but it's worth raising the issue. That's that's the thing I was going to say. It's, it's good to see the party is going to be aggressive about stuff it's like this. It's worth raising the issue just because um, when we when we have the redistricting discussion, this is part of it that should be talked about. Because even if even if you and we've said this for years, if you have end of, if you have single member uh, delegate districts, even if you let the Democrats draw the lines, we're going to be better off as a state right. um, and as Republicans as well, I hasten to point out. Um, if you have a, if you have an independent body drawing them, but you just have the single member districts and you respect the boundary lines the way our Constitution already says it should, if you just have those two changes, you get rid of the lot of the partisan gerrymandering yeah. that goes on. Definitely. Just with something as simple as that. Definitely. Why don't we take a break? When we come back, we have the results of the poll. The finalists for the Red Maryland Awards. 
and listener feedback that you you just you're you're gonna want to be you're gonna want to stick around for this okay just gonna want to stick around for it not to oversell it but better than 20 <laughs> super bowls <laughs> stick with us you were listening to red maryland radio on the red maryland network we'll be right back You're invited to the first Red Maryland Leadership Conference on Saturday, January 26th at the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis, Maryland. Join conservatives together from across the state to discuss the future of conservatism in Maryland and to develop strong, principled conservative leaders for the future. This will be an affordable all-day event featuring speakers from across the state and country discussing politics, ideas, and how to build a conservative majority in Maryland. Sponsorship opportunities are available. To secure your seat for this conference, visit Red Maryland conference.com once again that's redmarylandconference.com and we will see you on january 26th you can help red maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the amazon link and shop as normal a portion of your purchase will come back to red maryland to help us grow Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on our Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters. You're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. We're back, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian. He is Greg. I like inside jokes. <laughs> Saw them over the weekend on Saturday too. Anyway, um, what was that again? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Anyway, um, now the moment you've been waiting for: the results of the 2018 December Red Maryland. All right, all right, all right. And let me tell you what, 689 of you participated yeah, in this poll. Thank you very much. Somehow, not every county was represented. What? Yeah. How is that? Garrett, Garrett County. Garrett County. Come yeah. on. And Worcester on. County. Worcester. The Both bookends ends of, of the, the state. state. Yeah. Was, come on. Now, we know we got people who listen to us and read our blog from there. Come on. Yeah, come on. You're letting us down, man. Come on, people. Come on. I get, I get it. Garrett's part of the Pittsburgh market. Okay. I get it's that. It's the internet. Hey, You're was, part of Maryland. It's what the was, internet. What was that score on Sunday? 
Yeah, the Raiders won. That's they, all they I did. remember. Yeah, yeah, that was important. That was good. That was awesome. Ravens cool. Ravens went out. They uh, they'll win the division probably. Hey, good for them. That's awesome. Right. Meanwhile, your team has nowhere to play next year. <laughs> they'll, well, they'll find somebody. You heard about that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Heard they might move to Reno. Uh, it's the it's the biggest little city in the world, or something. Have you been to Reno? No, I have not. Been. I have been to Reno. Let's not, let's get back on the topic here because <laughs> we have our results. People are waiting for our results. Uh, Sixty nine people were I've central. Had quite committee enough members. for your Reno bashing, thank you. <laughs> and uh, so sixty nine—that's a lot of the central. Committee it is, who voted. but still an appropriate percentage. It's about ten percent of the total. Right. Again, most you know, the plurality of our of our participants are in the Greg Klein demographic. True. Yes. Your um, classic rock demographic. And this sure. this number is a little different than in recent months. At this point, do you who do you, do you plan to vote for President Trump in the twenty twenty primary? Seventy two point nine percent said yeah. yes. Yeah. Nine point seven percent said no. How, how did how did you vote in that? Um, I voted yes. I I voted no. Oh dear. Keeping it real, people. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Now I like to do that to him. It's going to get worse as we get to, towards the election. Go ahead. If he makes it to the ballot. Anyway. If he makes it to the ballot, yes. <laughs> um, so now the next question, everybody hates that we're already asking, but this is what we do, people. If the 2022 Republican primary for governor were held today, for whom would you vote? The big winner. Yeah. Craig Wolf. Craig Wolf. 14.2%. Yeah, Craig Wolf. This is just a feeler. We're just, who are you thinking? Who, you know, get the ideas flowing. Yeah. It's going to be four years, and we'll it'll develop over time. It'll be interesting to go back. Bo- Trust us. We've done this before. Work with us. Boyd Rutherford got 11.5% of the vote. Okay. Kathy Shalega got 7.1% of the vote. Andy Harris, 6.1% of the vote. Alan Kittleman, who's probably not going to be in a position to run for anything, uh, given his new appointment, is uh, 5.7% of the vote. And as a write-in, as a write-in, Kelly Schultz got 4.1% of the vote. There you go. There you go. Um, Steve Shu. Got three point eight percent. Justin congratulations, Steve. Three point three percent. Some other write-ins got votes as well. Yes. And other we, answers. We'll post all of this. We got three answers, which made absolutely no sense at all. One, a real Republican. Okay. One. Uh, one of them's got to be a real Republican on that list. Come on. One, Duncan McDonuts. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Maybe and laugh. note one of these choices: none of them can win. Okay. All right. So then we asked the question. Might have been not one of these choices. We asked the question, who do you think the Democrats are going to nominate for president in 2020? So we ask you if you're going to vote for the president. Vast majority of you are going to vote for Who are the Democrats going to put up? Who do you think? That's, who, that's what we ask. And the overwhelming leader in that category with 19.1% of the vote is Joe Biden. Yeah, he's been he's been ahead of this for a while. Um, with Beto O'Rourke getting 12.2%. Now, okay. Beto was actually ahead in some move on poll that came out, believe it or not. Some kind of straw poll, yeah. Elizabeth it's, Warren was like sixth. She has like a one in one thousand twenty fourth percent chance. Of that's winning. her magic number, man. Yeah. She only got five percent. She only got five percent in this poll, okay. by the way. And then you can look at all their stuff. Yeah. So why don't we do this? Oh, so this is oh, so this is so because we had the awards, which we're going to get to in a second. We just had those as kind of our kind of. We do those, by the way. We ask those questions. The demographic questions, where you are, just kind of get a sense of the sample we're dealing with. That's part of the reason why we do it. People change the moods. When we get a big sample like this, some of those change a little bit, and it's interesting to see what the differences are. Some things stay the same. 
Indeed. So now, so it's the comedy unloading zone. Now. Well, no, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the nominees now. Oh, you're gonna do the nominees. We are gonna do the nominees now, and then we'll do the comedy unloading zone, and that'll kind of roll into. I missed rehearsal. Sorry. And then, and then we'll we'll roll into the rest of our listener feedback. So in my okay. hand, wave it because it's still an audio podcast. There you go. Are the list of nominees for the 2018 Red Maryland Awards. Now, yes. let us remind you how we got here. I wish you would. In because November, have a tendency to forget. In November, we asked people to nominate. Nominate you. Nominated people. Not me. Not Brian. You nominated. They not you nominated people for the awards. Correct. Okay. Then we put them on the poll. Some people said too many. Some people said didn't have this guy. Didn't have, doesn't matter. You nominate them. Right. We put them on there. The people voted. That's you. And you guys make up a portion of the overall scoring. It's a it's a it's a weighted portion. Right. You guys, you know, part of it's the listeners, part of it's our our editors, part of it's the people contributors. Who, contributors okay. Right. Right. So we put all of that into the magic pasta. To the magic, magic formula, if you will. And then we come out with the results, and it's like it's like voting for the Major League Baseball MVP. You yes, get four, that's what it's based you on. Get 14, I don't understand it either. You get 14 points for a first-place vote, 9 points for a second, 8 points for a third, so on through 10th place, you get 1 point. Okay? That's how it works. That that's is how, how it's done. worked for years. I, I, we've been doing it for 7 nothing, years. I don't understand. Nothing it. new under the sun here. Okay? So now you have the top five finalists. Right. In each of the categories, next week we'll announce, or next week? Next week, we'll we'll announce the winner. We'll announce the winners, but for the next week, we'll tantalize you with the five finalists in each category. Voting is done. Yeah. Voting is closed. We're going to give you the finalists, and then you're going to have to come back next week to find out who among those finalists was the big winner. Right. So now, can I get a drum roll or something? I don't have one set up, sorry. How about this? How about this? Can I do this? What's up, Dad? That doesn't work. really work, but okay. The nominees for Conservative of the Year. And what we'll do is I'll read through these awards. The and then Greg, Greg, will, Greg will analyze them and, and do that. Because I, I, I already know who wins. The but, finalists. Yeah, the finalists for Conservative of the Year are. Conservative of the Year. Mary Beth Carosa. Okay. All right. Big Senate win. Andy Harris. Elected to Congress, okay. Larry Hogan. Governor, heavy favorite, I'm sure. Michael Huff. Gets a lot of love in this, I know he does. And Craig Wolf. Craig Wolf. A lot of, lot of our readers like Craig Wolf. Those are the nominees for Conservative of the Year. We like Craig too, by the way. The nominees. So those are, that's five solid nominees. Right. And it's an honor just to be nominated in that group. That's a good group to be in. Yes. The nominees for finalists, finalists, excuse me, for conservative organization of the year. The finalists for conservative organization of the year are are congressional district six redistricting plaintiffs. Okay, big win. Nice. Change Maryland. Obvious. Okay. Larry Hogan for governor. Okay, kind of hard. That's a that was a good organization. Let's be honest. Maryland Public Policy Institute. Good, and they'll be represented at our conference. Thank you. And. Maryland Republican Party. Okay. All right. Good. That's one go. everybody knows. I think that's a name recognition finalist. Right. So strong. Again, five strong I, I will, organizations. I, will I like all five point of them. out that certain efforts at ballot stuffing did not. Oh, it didn't work. That came up short. A little bit. 
But but let's be clear because we because we'll, I'm sure someone will complain and we'll share your complaints. One, the actual reader winner, which we, we will I don't know, know if that's that in that five. We'll know that next week as well. Mm-hmm. So there'll be an asterisk. Number one, number two, uh, Brian did not eliminate any votes. If nope. you voted from different ISPs, you can't spam from one ISP. That we do go against. We said this before, but. If it was an organized vote for multiple ISPs, that's in the results. There you go. Baked in. The finalists for Conservative Legislator of the Year are... Finalists for Conservative Legislator of the Year are... Carl Anderton. Hey, brother. (laughs) Mark Fisher. Okay, good. Michael Huff. Sure. J.B. Jennings. Okay, Senate leader. Sure. And Justin Reedy. Justin Reedy, Justin and Mike, and JB going head to head. Yeah, and maybe you all should have a bet between yourselves. <laughs> I don't know who wins that. That's going to be. I have. I. I don't even remember who I voted for. <laughs> the finalists for conservative candidate or campaign of the year. Finalists for conservative or candidate of the year are Mary Beth Carosa for state senate. Solid winner. Jim Fredericks for sheriff. Winner. Big winner. Big winner. In Anne Arundel County, big winner. Andy Harris for Congress. Congressional candidate. Larry Hogan for governor. Kind of the biggest win. Kind of, that's going to be a tough one to beat. And Craig Wolf for attorney general. Okay. All right. A lot of people love Craig Wolf. Hey, a lot of love for him in this poll. Got to yeah. tell you. The finalists for county or municipal official of the year. Finalists for county or municipal official of the year are. are Barry Glassman. Harford County. Alan Kittleman. Interesting. Okay. David Marks. Okay. Steve Shu. All right. Interesting. And Jake Shade. Jake Shade. Oh, yeah, we love Jake. Great. Fantastic. Okay. And Steve Shu won last year, if I remember correctly. Yes. As I pointed out last year, this is pretty much the award you don't want to win because every person it's who the, has won it's it the, has new, gone on to lose their next true, election. True. It's the new artist of the year. It's the <laughs> Millie Vanilli Award. Yeah. Right. So now... Our favorite award. Our favorite award. Our favorite award. This is the one you've been waiting for. So why don't we save it till the end? For least valuable conservative. Strong field this year. I I do not know who these finalists are. And it was tough for me to narrow down the 10. There was a tie for fifth. So there are actually actually six. six finalists. So without any further ado, the finalists for least valuable conservative are Corey Boone. Okay. Kirby DeLauder. Solid. John Grasso. Hard. John, you earned that. John Leopold. Okay. De- definitely, definitely a finalist. Pat McDonough. Okay. This is this is a strong group, man. And Billy Shreve. And Billy Shreve. Is that six? Was That's that six? the six. Wow. So there you go. Wow. The finalists for the 2018 Red Maryland Awards. Greg, your first time seeing this field. Your thoughts? Uh, I think we I think we corralled the right people into these awards, especially at the conservative of the year and least valuable. <laughs> strong, strong. I told we told everybody for months this was going to be the strongest field of least valuable conservative yeah. nominees we've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, if we were doing like the Hall of Fame thing where someone makes a case for these guys. Um, yeah, you could make a strong case. It'd be tough. Yeah. It'd be tough. I'm curious to see who the winners are. Yeah. Other thoughts up and down. Um, 
Uh, organization of the year, which is is interesting. I, you know, people were pretty gracious as far as some of the folks who didn't win, especially our friend Craig Wolf. A lot of love for him, which which is great. He's a great guy, deserves it. Um, County or municipal official of the year is going to be tough. Some of those guys didn't win. Some of them did. Uh, most of them did. Well, let's be fair. That's for being their performance. I understand. In office, not I understand. It's not a campaign, and that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But it'll be interesting to see. Um, who ends up winning that. And I'm, for some of these, I forget who I voted for. The legislator of the year is almost certainly going to be a senator. That would be my guess. That would be my guess. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. You have been wrong before. But we shall see. We shall see. We shall see. I don't, yeah, man, that's a strong group, man. Anybody could, any of those guys. I'm not, I, I don't have as much against Corey Boone, though I understand the, the argument one could make. But any of those other guys, man, man, they are none of those guys helped. <laughs> you want to help, don't and help. No, and let's not forget. Um, I mean, they a lot of those guys actively made it harder. And two of those guys are former winners, Billy Shreve and Kirby DeLauder. Yeah. yeah, no, they're 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 trying for a second award, which is unprecedented. Yeah, there has never category. been there, nobody has ever won least valuable conservative twice. What's actually amazing is that Pat McDonough has never won it. Okay. It's kind of a shock if you All think right. about it. Man, I don't know how you go, how you don't go with John Leopold on that one, though. Though, no, John Grasso? That's tough. <laughs> That's a tough one, man. These guys did not help. Getting knocked out early probably helped half of that list. <laughs> So, all right, good. Well, I can't wait to find out who won next week. That's well, going to be exciting. You will find out who none won, who won next week. Uh, we will stay tuned fun to one. Yeah. Stay tuned to Red Maryland Radio next Thursday night for our year-end special, our year-end review special, our last show of the year. Is it? Where it is. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, if less we're the best of we had talked about. Um and uh, we will announce the award. And we talk about a lot of things. We'll, we'll announce the award winners at the top of the show. So now that week. we've now that we've got and by the that, way, the winners get certificates. Yes. Oh, it's noteworthy. And it's on your your in the It's Hall a very of prestigious fame award. Slash shame forever on Red Maryland. I can't imagine past how, winners are on our website. You can go to click on the awards. And I've always wondered tab. what Kirby DeLotto thought last year when he got a certificate in the mail that said you were the least valuable conservative. Signed by me and Greg. Um, I, you know what? I bet I bet he t- took note of it. I bet you could ask him and he'd give you an answer. I'd be curious to see. That's great. Right. So now, now that we've got that out of the way. I'm curious to see who the readers selected as well, because sometimes that's a surprise, especially in that least valuable. We've been shocked by who they've selected. I will tell you. The only times I've ever been, bl- most of the time we get it, we are all on the same page with you. But that one we've been blindsided in the past. Yes, where they pick somebody who we wasn't even on our radar screen. Right. Yeah. So, which is fun. It is fun. Um, so now let's go to the uh, to the open ended question, as we like to call it here at Red Maryland, the comedy unloading zone. Whenever we do our monthly poll, we always just give you an opportunity to give us feedback, say anything you want. What's on your mind? What do you, What are you thinking? Sometimes you guys come through and it's hilarious. Sometimes not so much. A lot of times it, people contradict one another, but that's what's great about the people who listen to and read Red Maryland. So here we go. Right. I can't put my county in. It's Charles County. <laughs> that's a problem with taking the poll. Um, I didn't see Greg Klein as an option 
as any of the options above. Correct. And you won't. Right. Thank you. My fan club, which I feel kind of, it, it always feels sarcastic to me, but okay. Thank you. Need to push for term limits to help stop the gerrymandering in Maryland. I am all for term limits. I think term limits are part of the solution. Brian doesn't. The future of Maryland Republicans. I, I've, I've, I've softened my opposition Good. to term limits. I'd have chosen. Pretty sure I've actually written about three term limits of the past, like letting people serve three terms, setting out a term, and then maybe you can come back. Well, as you get older, you soften. Now, the failure of Maryland. (laughs) In so many ways. (laughs) Now, see, you didn't have to go one. The future of Maryland Republicans is grim, to say the least. If we don't get our heads out of the sand and our butts off the couch, we will become an extinct breed. We need to be everywhere at all times, questioning everything the Democrats and MDBOE, that's the Board of Elections, I assume. Is it? Does. Or is it the Board of Education? Board of, well, whatever. Either one. Probably both. We need to be relentless <laughs> and never back down. Make mountains out of molehills. Hashtag stand for something. Relentless. R-E-L. I think they meant relentless. L-E-S-S. They weren't relentless on the spelling, but that's okay. We get the point. Keep at it. Heart, you know, Al, go, Red- go, go. Al Redmer ran a very poor campaign, resulting in the scary Olszewski. I'm not sure that's a fair statement. I mean, but- you look at the results. I mean, you know, I don't know. Jay Payne believes taxes should be abolished. Too many other extreme ideas. Sucks this state is so overrun with the left. We'll never be the free state again. We were pretty democratic when we gave ourselves that moniker, by the way. But, um, Hogan is no Republican and certainly no conservative. He's a Democrat that has decent business sense. I only voted for him because he was the only choice. Well, there you go. That's an opinion. One. That's why he won by 12 points, because you voted for him. Could and have. He got other votes, and he was able to win. So something there. Maryland conservatives are too, T.O., liberal. Okay. Okay. I don't mm-hmm. – there's a little cognitive dissonance there. In a time of conservatives sacrificing their values, Dr. Tony Campbell is a breath of fresh air. He stood steadfast in his beliefs and didn't back down. He stood up to jealous in a way that no one else, not even Hogan, was able to do. He grew an honorable gas- grassroots movement despite being undermined by his peers and the media every step of the way. I, I give I, I give Tony his due, but, you know, you got to look at the results, too. We're just reading them, folks. We're just reading them. Harford Co. did not show, so had to put Baltimore Co. This is the worst limerick ever. Also, questions. Too many people. Not sure who is best in those positions, except definitely Trump. (laughs) Just wish he would be a little more diplomatic and be more presidential speaking every day off the cuff. I agree with that part. Can't argue with that. Yeah, Trump, obviously, is clearly the finalist for conservative legislator of the year. Larry Hogan hates law-abiding gun owners. Larry Hogan should be ashamed for supporting Bailey over Wall. Bailey won. Yeah, I know. I'm because just, what? We're just reading. We're just reading. The irony of this is the person who was talking about Larry Hogan hating a conservative position and then saying that he shouldn't have supported the more conservative pick over the guy helping the Democrats. Anyway, Democrats make Maryland suck. Republicans don't have to help them. Okay. Patriot Pickett is skewing your votes in their favor like Democrats. Hold I, that thought. I don't. OK. All right. We'll come back to that. The entire MDGOP executive committee needs to be replaced. They largely were. Well, two of the positions were uncontested, so... Or, so they lar- well, you know. they largely were. I mean, I'm, Larry L. Hogan, I assume they mean Larry Hogan, 
is no conservative and no friend of conservatives. He might better be typified a fiscally responsible Democrat. Go Shalega. No. Those are those are separate thoughts, by the yeah. way. Larry Hogan is a moderate Democrat, not a Republican. Okay. We 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 get what you're saying there. Who proofreads your work? Seriously, clean it up. Also narrow the list next year. Another helper, Brian. Yeah, I see that. It's aimed at you, obviously. Tom Coleman is the most valuable Maryland conservative and should be on that list instead. We did nominate him. We did not. We told you this. We told you this before. We told you after. We did nominate him. If you want Tom Coleman on there, somebody should have nominated him. I'm very pro Second Amendment. However, the Patriot picket are a bunch of bullies. If you aren't an operator operating all the time and open carry bump stocks, i.e. don't happen to agree with them, or even worse, to think that 90% of a loaf is better than no loaf. Hogan apologist. They are as bad as the leftists. I can't believe you even put them on the list. We didn't nominate we didn't. them. I think your criticism is fair. We're going to come back to that there in a second. Right. Ignore my vote for least valuable above. I accidentally touched the screen. I have a write-in for least valuable conservative of the year. My vote goes to Joe Crawford of the Charles County Central Committee. Does that, did that affect the outcome? No. Okay. So adjustment made didn't affect the outcome. Hogan is not a conservative and shouldn't be shouldn't even be an option on the list. Fight for term limits. Agree with that. Cindy Rose. Cindy C I N D Y Rose, not Cindy C Y N D I, Brian. Which is what we had. I, I don't know what that's about. Can multiple people win the least valuable conservative award this year? If there's any year. That's a great question. You know, in 1979, they were co-National League MVP. Now, it is theoretically possible. If there is a tie in points, it is theoretically possible to have co-winners. I will tell you that did not happen. Okay. All right. I believe the large GOP losses in Maryland are partly contributable to Hogan. (laughs) He distanced X himself from state candidates in an effort to look moderate. Which, again, this is the guy. I'm not aware of any candidate other than John Grasso that Larry Hogan dis- distanced himself in the state. Correct. That's because I'm not aware it of didn't one. happen. Yeah. Except for him. I'll give you that, and I think the governor was right to do it. Larry Hogan hates law-abiding gun owners. Kipke and Shalega both suck. We're just, just reading, reading them, Just reading them, folks. Just Too reading. many choices for worst conservative of the year. So many backstabbing Republicans who really are a Democrat. I assume they're talking about the the people on the list. I assume so. Larry Hogan is far, far, far from being a conservative. To see the term and his name in the same question is insulting to conservatives. I hope they went back and realized he'd won the award three years in a row. Why isn't Hogan listed as least valuable Republican? He actually was on the list. Yeah, he, no, he, was, he was there. He was a nom- he was nominated. Yeah, for whatever reason, he was nominated. Yeah, um, we did not take his name off. You not somebody nominated him. He's on the list. Um, good to see useless Joe gone. Guess daddy couldn't win him the seat. You skipped one. Do you people even know what a conservative is? Yes, we do. You'll stick anyone on conservative of the year, won't you? Who is Alex Bush? Again, we didn't nominate him. The readers did. Trump and Trump supporters need to take over the MDGOP. I think you should start including Kelly Schultz in the governor question. I think she is a more legitimate contender than some of the names listed and could have a decent shot at winning the primary. Well, there based on the 4% write-in she got, I would say you're probably right. Yeah, I probably have a good point. Go Towson College Republicans. Is Red Maryland in high school? High schools? 
No. I don't know what that means. I, I know we're not. They have, yeah. I, I feel like yeah. we shouldn't be, <laughs> but you can access us via the internet there. <laughs> Unless uh, you can't. If we're blocked, that's a story. Let us know. Right. Right. But Brian and I don't go to high schools. Okay. No. No. You guys have the least and most conservative list backwards. Alan Kittleman didn't even run as a Republican. Proven independent leader. He, he was a registered Republican. I get the point you're trying to make, but just settle down. And Hokos, to, oh, this guy. He still has a rain tax because of Alan. Yeah, because he couldn't. Do yourselves a favor. If you do not understand what conservative is, stop staining its meaning with your list of wannabes. Yeah, Alan Kittleman could not force four Democrats to not vote for these people, man. I am the least valuable conservative. Watch and see. I will gladly win. Okay. Oh, John, thanks for participating in our poll. Neil Parrott for Conservative Legislator of the Year. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow creeps in this pretty pace from day to day. To the last syllable of recorded time, and all our yesterdays have lighted fools, the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. Life's but a walking shadow, a poor player that struts and frets his hour upon the stage, and then is heard no more. Is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. And that description of Pat McDonough's political career is, thank you for sharing That's that. from Shakespeare. Do you know which play? No. Okay. I'm not a Shakespeare guy. I think we've established Shocker. this before. A YouTube channel? Finally. That's friggin' awesome. While citizens have always thank complained that sufficient wealth will buy justice, the double-minded justice we are now witnessing will soon nullify the entirety of our Constitution. Yeah, it was capitalized there. The locks may no longer keep honest people honest if we do not prosecute those who do not think law applies to them. All must be equal under the law. Okay. I feel creeped out by that. I am from Montgomery County, but was not able to scroll down to select it, Brian. A lot of people were. User error. Tell Larry Hogan to stop bad-mouthing Trump. Yeah, we'll get right on that. Um, <laughs> it won't work, by the way. We could tell him. I still think Megan Simonair should be eligible for least valuable conservative, seeing how she started the year as a Republican legislator and flipped to a Democrat. It's not like anybody is saying the Republicans gained a seat with Brian Chisholm's election. Also, next year, how about a category for least valuable organization? The NRA endorsing Kathy Kathy Klausmeyer would have had my vote this year. Bring back the refuge. A lot going on in that. (laughs) Megan. Thank you. Uh, By the way, all good ideas. Megan Simonair should not have been disqualified from your list of nominees for least valuable conservatives. She remained officially a Republican throughout the 2018 legislative session. A lot of controversy over your decision, man. I I have to tell you. I don't believe it would have changed the outcome. It probably wouldn't have, but I still would have included her. But that's okay. I deferred to Brian on that one. Prince George's County conservatives are here. Don't forget us. If you could comprehend what a conservative really is, your list would be 90% smaller. We didn't make the list. This is from our readers. So that's an issue you have with them. Hogan used all the Republicans to get elected another term by endorsing them. Then blames Trump. He's a disgrace. There's a lot of thoughts in that sentence, none of which are, are there from are there. <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. There really are there. There aren't any good thoughts there. Right. You have to be just I, I can't yeah. with these people. Kevin Leary should be the conservative of the year. Matori and Campbell both ran losing campaigns. Why are they nominated? Because you people nominated them. The Charles County Republican Center Committee pretty much phoned it in during the last election. 
Other than Steve Mattingly, I didn't see any of them out campaigning for our one possibility, Bill Dotson. It is such a shame that the same old toads are doing the same old stuff, hoping for different results. So, so disappointing. Uh, that, By the way, that's an evergreen comment. <laughs> not just, and probably not just for Charles County. That's something you hear about Central Committee members for years and years. So, that's interesting. Let's lose the least valuable conservative category. Every year there's one. No. Conservative? Do you even know what that means? Yes. Shalega, Kipke, and Hogan are all sellouts and don't deserve the label of conservative. Hogan is a 2A sellout. Trump is a sexist, racist bully. He does not represent Republican values. It's time to stand up against him and unite this country. We don't need race riots or more random gun shootings. But let's get those with the PP people. Let's get that <laughs> commenter together. There is a difference between a conservative and someone who governs from the middle. Based on your selection of some of the candidates for your awards, perhaps your award should be renamed to Compromiser. We didn't nominate him. Readers did. We're going to keep saying it because you people don't understand that. Larry Hogan, conservative? Barely. At least this guy's going to say barely. That's better than half the commenters there. His campaign and MD victory are most certainly not conservative. And other than his reelection, Hogan failed to help the conservative cause. That's demonstrably wrong, but... Okay, let's keep going. Your lists are curious. I will be interested in knowing how the names are selected. Okay. We'll, we'll explain it again. Also, your use of conservative is dubious. Many on your most conservative list should be on the least conservative list. Several on your least conservative should be on your most. I don't even think he understands. this person understands the categories. Republican and conservative are not synonymous. Fiscal-only conservatives belong on the list of least conservative Republicans list. Yeah. Okay, number one. Uh, the readers nominated, we didn't. Um, least conservative, least valuable conservative is not a is not a quantitative evaluation of how conservative they are. It's they're valuable to the conservative movement. Um, conservative of the year is not the most conservative person out there. That would be kind of a silly category to have. It's the person who contributed the most to the conservative movement as nominated by our readers, not us. Go ahead. I just go ahead and take the next one. Focus on economic issues. We can win with those. See, you need to talk to these people. N slash A. How about monthly episodes of Conservative Refuge in 2019? Stick a pin in that. We'll come back and talk about that in a second. Oh, that's interesting. I would have voted Larry Hogan for favorite Democrat. Daily, I'm less of a Hogan fan. Least valuable conservative in the history of the world is David Marks. Okay. All right. I, I read this list. I don't know about that. What's your evidence Jack Bailey is a conservative? He's not cast one vote or even taken a position on any issue. <laughs> He's not taking a position on any issue, really? Why not allow survey participants to give you other names you overlook? At minimum, you could have used the CPAC ratings and started there for people top put on the list. <laughs> I'm not sure what your definition of conservative is, but some of the people listed would not come close based on the voting record. We didn't nominate them. Readers did. That's how we decided. It was decided, not by us. Least valuable Dem is Hogan. Kevin Leary should be conservative of the year. Well, you should have nominated him or voted for him, whatever. Blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland slash 2014 slash 12 slash 16 slash the hyphen conservative hyphen refuge. 
Okay. Was that a good episode or something? Probably I, was. I don't know. I didn't Sounds go back like and look. Sounds like a good one. Sounds like a good one. A longtime conservative. Oh, this sounds familiar. <laughs> a longtime conservative activist and former General Assembly candidate, Greg Klein, exploded onto the conservative media scene with the blog The Conservative Refuge Not in 2007. Literally. His unmatched Conservative Refuge podcast covered local and national politics with Greg's own unique brand of news and comment, regular roundtable discussions with leading bloggers and special guests. In addition to his work as a founder of the Red Maryland Network, Greg expanded these internet efforts into regular appearances on WAMD 970 AM's Word on the Street program with host Warren Monks. Guest appearances... Oh, boy. <laughs> Guess, but it's true. It's still accurate. Guest appearances on WCBM 680 AM's Pat McDonough Show and regular guest appearances on The Right Issue produced for Comcast cable viewers in Anne Arundel County. I probably need to update this, don't I? Yeah, a little bit. When when he's not spreading his unique blend of pop culture-inspired wit and bedrock conservatism, Greg is an attorney and managing member of the law office of Gregory M. Klein, LLC. Greg's legal career has led him to represent a number of high-profile clients, often putting him in the middle of some of the hottest political controversies in recent Maryland history. I probably didn't need to read that, but that was fun. Conservativerefuge.blogspot.com slash 2011 slash 03 slash conservative hyphen refuge hyphen podcast hyphen is hyphen back. <laughs> another, another great episode. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. No, another great episode. That's the old. Yo, Greg, man. What you doing not recording the conservative refuge, man? It's about time we hear that show again, man. Your Raiders are done. So how about you record a show instead? <laughs> Why was Brian Griffiths wearing 80s mom jeans to the MDGOP Excellent convention? Question. Excellent what question. What the hell are 80s mom jeans? The jeans you were wearing, I take it. The same, literally the same pair of jeans I'm wearing right now. Okay, that doesn't, that really I, doesn't address I the don't, question. I don't understand. Look, if you want me to buy better jeans, you know, maybe I'd have more money to buy better jeans if I wasn't pushing all my money into this operation. And So you can do that. You can support that. PayPal.me slash Red Maryland or... Buy your ticket to the Red Maryland Leadership Conference before it sells out. RedMarylandConference.com. Thank you. We're, 2019 is the year we get Brian out of those mom jeans. Okay. Maybe we'll rephrase Why, it. why don't you never say that again? <laughs> Let's start there. It's worth noting that Diana Waterman helped elect an all-male executive board this past convention. We did actually note that. The, thought she was MFRW president. She is. Honestly, a shame. Would have loved to see her help more women be successful this past election. Just read them, folks. Is Cory Boone term limited? The wires have a lot of potential, especially in some of the younger members. Um, he's not technically term limited, but from what I understand, his members are going to term limit him. I want more conservative candidates, lower taxes, smaller government, support the U.S. Constitution, especially the First, Second, and Fourth Amendments. Stop violating due process rights with bad laws like the red flag law. It's already resulted in a death. Find another way that doesn't violate someone's rights. Tell Hogan to support the president or run as a Democrat since he already behaves as one. Bring back the refuge or at least add a get off my lawn segment to the main show. No, the second part will never happen. I, OK, are we done? I'll do we have two more okay. and then we'll talk about that. Jack Bailey is not a conservative. Neither is Hogan, for that matter. They are rhinos. So maybe you should offer Rhino of the Year award. And finally, Hogan is no conservative. Right. So before we do, you want to do you want to talk about the refuge or you want to talk about the other thing? 
our listener feedback. Let me talk about the refuge. Go ahead. Um, I've heard you. Okay. I, I don't know if it's one guy that's copying, pasting my bio, my obviously outdated bio, and links to previous episodes. I hope it's not the same person because if it's from the same ISP, it'd be blocked, it's not right? the same person. Okay. I, I've heard your calls. So this Saturday, I will be here in the Jim Plunkett Studios, and I will record uh, an episode of The Conservative Refuge. Wow. And I will do a video presentation for that as well for our awesome YouTube page. Try to upload it to Facebook. At least get you a link. And uh, try to, I will try to do that every Saturday going Wow. Because that's the day that I've decided that I'll be able to do it. Wow. So conservative refuge. So refuge is back. So if you really are serious about this and you're not just jerking my chain, which I guess you are, (laughs) which I'm guessing you are, send me an email to our feedback email address where we get feedback, which we read on the air, redmaryland at gmail.com. And if you have a specific request for a segment, if there's an article you want me to 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 mention, um, I'm happy to do that. But well, we will we, never we do certainly. We will never do get off my lawn on this show. No, that's a different. That is a copyrighted feature. So. I think we really need Greg a, a an update on the heightened anti clown movement. I, I can't just I can't just do. I don't you think I'd love to do shows every week that I'm just yelling about clowns? I love it as much as you guys do, but it's got to be organic. So. If there's something going on in the community that, that you know, an article or some sort of information that I can use to riff off on as part of my leadership in the heightened anti-clown movement, I'm happy to do that. So help me out. Speaking, gmail.com. Speaking of clowns. Ah, look at that. We, uh, we, we <laughs> look at that. This, Go ahead. We, we got people, the, the, the PP people have sads again. The PP peoples have sads again. So you remember last week we talked about our friends at the Patriot Picket, and we, we yes. found out that they were. Um, I'm going to try to knock the mic around less, and I apologize. Yeah, you said that last week too. Um, You're doing it just as much as me in this episode. <laughs> so we we talked last week about their efforts to spam the poll, trying to get themselves yes. Uh, yes. organization of the year. And I and I think if you look, which, at, by the way. Didn't work well, but I think if you if you hear those uh, the open ended, a lot of those guys did vote. wasn't enough to affect the outcome, but there were obviously a lot of those guys leaving comments. So, so we got we got an email at in the Red Maryland email address, Red Maryland at gmail. By the way, when you email us at Red Maryland at gmail dot com, where we get your feedback, we read those on the air. Right, that's how we deal with feedback, which is okay. So here's the feedback. We don't send an email back to everybody who emails us. Right. Um. So here, here's what we here's what the email we got back on. Right. We will not identify this person's name. I got a chance to listen to the twelve six broadcast and found both of your assessments of the Patriot pick to be absolutely spot on. Thank you. And by the way, I'm sorry. Go, can you go back for a second? The subject matter of this, if you remember last week, it was Stove Man who was telling people to uh, come in and, and Stove Man and, and jam the poll. Yeah. Um, the the title of this email was Stove Man's Butt Hurt Overfloweth. I got a chance to listen to the twelve six broadcast and found both of your assessments of the Patriot pick to be absolutely spot on. Yes. In fact, it was exactly the same thing members of Maryland Shooters have been telling them for the past two-plus years. Stop attacking your own kind. The four moderators have come close to banning them all more than once. Yet of the 20,000-plus members of the group, only a dozen or so are hardcore PP, LOL, participants. That pretty much says everything. I've been a member of the group since early 2016, 
and I've never seen them get more than a few dozen members to take part and attend their protests. Attached are a couple more gems from, from the stove man for your mutual entertainment. Those were his responses to MarylandShooters.com after your 12-6 podcast. The thread is located in a section of MDShooters.com called The Water Cooler that requires 50 posts before it can be viewed by new members. Unfortunately, you can't just join and log into the WC, but I'll be happy to keep you informed of their childish psychotic shenanigans because you seem willing to hold them accountable for their egregious behavior. I appreciate that. I appreciate you maintaining my confidentiality as both a listener and a fan of Red Maryland. The Patriot Picket is an embarrassment to everyone in the state of Maryland, and we thank you, sir, for sharing that with or us. Ma'am. Or ma'am. Or ma'am. Yes. So uh, by the way, we're we're not going to go to MD shooters. So relax. I mean, it's fine. That's yeah. you know nobody. Yeah, you all can have that to yourselves. But if someone's going to share this with us, then we'll uh, then we'll have to you know if the stove man and we know they're listening. We know you guys are all listening, which is great. So right, this is what you wanted. You're going to get it. So here we go. So apparently somebody called Damon Assassin said. So let me get this straight. A four member post up about vote for PP vote for. About vote for PP a bunch of times, but make sure it's from district devices to pad the tally. Then when they get called out on by RM, there is butthurt. I'm really not sure what the real issue is here, that a member in a leadership role of PP said to vote for PP a bunch of times, or that said member got called out for padding the votes. Either way, I'm a head-scratcher as to what the wrongdoing actually was. FFS, guys, you know what that means. You tried to pad the votes, but you got caught. They called you on it. Who cares about the award? It's like having the most friends on Facebook. It's a popularity contest. Who cares about that? The PP doesn't need an award from a podcast to show what they are all about. Grow up and move on. If the PP gets an award from a legit outlet, then fantastic. But when you're dealing with the minnows, when you're, why, do, why are you dealing with the minnows when your sight should be set on the bass and catfish? <laughs> I don't know who the bass and the catfish are, but... Uh, and this is from Stove Man. This is Stove Man's response. Essentially, this person's saying, who cares, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you missed the point. No butt hurt here. I thought it made it clear from the OP that we weren't taking this seriously. And I don't care that RM found out and read my OP on their podcast. The point of my first post yesterday was to point out that we have a few turds in the punch bowl here who will knife you in the back. This time turned out to be with rubber knife. If we wanted to actually win an award we cared about, I would have put it all out, put it on the page. We would have votes coming in from all over the country. Arhem has been around for years, and during one video outside Maxine's place, banging pots and pants for an hour, we got more interactions than they have page likes during their entire existence. I just went back and checked their dopey podcast went an hour and 44 minutes, and after they deleted a couple of comments from Mr. Boomstick, it had 50 comments from seven people. I don't remember comments coming in from Mr. Boomstick, do you? I, I do. Okay. I, I do. It's a typical nonsense. Um, okay. All right. So you're more popular because you're on the internet mm-hmm. and you can get... Right. And you bang pots and pans outside. I, I guess they're talking about Maxine Waters. I don't know what they're talking about. Who the hell knows what they're talking about? So, so you get got another a bunch one. of internet people to talk about. You know? We got another that's, one. I mean, that's the world you live... That's who we're dealing with. We're losing elections, but these guys are happy about their, their you know, Facebook interactions. So here's another one that they, we, was shared with us. Uh, here's another original post by Glaron. I'm still trying to figure out why their panties are in a twist. I was informed of a website I never heard of. Then I cast my vote to return as the con- my vote never to return as their content was not attention grabbing. Now I'm a ballot stuffer. I'm not sure that site isn't run by closet liberals. If they come back, let me know how I can use my freedoms to offend their shallow egos again. Or BTW, I might have showed at a PP event in the past. 
A couple of years ago, some firearms trainer took out an ad disguised as a news story in the Hagerstown birdcage liner that said Hogan had made it easier to get carry permits when the reality was the MSP just changed the standard business owner restrictions. Still have to jump through the small hoops to get a permit, so nothing changed there. The two dolts at Red Maryland climbed out of Hogan's colon and touted this news story as proof that Hogan walks on water. That's exactly what we said. Several of us called them out on Facebook and were the subject of one of their dopey podcasts. They even had a moniker for us, which was CCW Cultists, hence my sig line. The raw vote totals of their poll do not choose the winner of the poll categories as they claim input from the editors will determine the final winner. That being said, my Agic 8-Ball predicts that Hogan will be their conservative of the year, and even if the org vote totals are O-willing, there is no way he will also be least valuable, conser- least valuable conservative of the year. And likewise, there is zero chance that the Patriot picket will be the conservative org of the year. Okay. We weren't, uh, by the way, we weren't butthurt or whatever term you want to use. We that, thought it that, was. That you guys were trying to organize against us. We found it amusing. And we wanted to share it with people. Um, the article that he's referring to, by the way, if you go back and it's one of the most popular articles in the history of Red Maryland, was an article that I wrote mm-hmm. as a follow-up to a piece I did on the Conservative Refuge podcast yep. where I shared an article from the Hagerstown News Herald Mail, whatever it is, um, Herald Herald Mail, uh, where they were talking about that things were getting better for concealed carry permits. And they went ape crap over this and the only time in our history one of two times in our history that someone demanded we take a post down and keep in mind we block quoted um we block quoted the article uh and we we uh, we added something to it from the leaders of this of one of these groups saying that things hadn't changed or whatever so we were happy to do that but we don't take down articles these guys demanded and, and we covered it all at the time. They demanded that we talk to them before we write anything about concealed carry issue, which is crap. We don't do that. Uh, number two, they demanded we take down an article, be, even though it quoted accurately a newspaper article. Mm-hmm. And number three, what they were really mad about was that we said something positive about Governor Hogan. Yeah. They hate Governor Hogan. Yeah. You, you heard the comments. That's who these guys are. They hate Governor Hogan. They've hated him for years. It's not a new development. Right. That's who these guys are. They're misanthropic. They're not helpful. They're the guys out protesting while good 2A legislators are losing by, you know, a now few dozen votes. Let's go back. There's one more thing we need to read about and I was this. And I was the one who referred to them as a concealed carry weapon cultist because they believe they are the holders of this, and they broke bad on this. And that's not something to be proud of, by the way. Right. It's, you know, that's this little insular community who – is on you know these bulletin boards with their with their fake names talking about stuff and affecting nothing right other than other than getting you know you know other than getting you know getting a stiffy every time somebody talks about a gun you know that's that's it so then we get another note um you know about Jeff Holbert rack and roll who is the alleged leader of the de facto ruler of the PP as we was explained to us and said that that the, he was the as ignorant as they come. So here here is what he said. Okay, just reading it. Having those sideline blabbers at Red Maryland read verbatim our thread op on air that we regard them as Hogan hot tubbers and bootlicks, while the red flag is costing empty lives, was worth it. They're sniping. Good. They're happy. See, we all get what <laughs> we want. They're sniping about the PP goes way back. I'm glad their audience heard. The other side. There you go. We're happy to share the other side. We do that all the Either time. Either way, more people know about us today than yesterday. 
If a water cooler tattletale sent Red Maryland screenshots from here, thank you. Here's the here's, here's the, the here's the money the here's money the quote. Kicker. We're demonstrators, not canvassers. You RM dopes. So what you're saying is is that you would rather piss and moan and hold a sign than win an election and actually affect policy. And right. that patriot p- people picket people make you losers. Yeah. Okay. You're a loser if you're a part of if, if you're involved with the patriot picket and, because what you right. want to do you don't want gun laws to actually change. You want to sit there on your high horse, not do a goddamn thing. Other than protest, you don't want to do the hard work. You don't want to do anything constructive. You just want to sit there with your smug superiority and piss and moan. What you actually want are Democrats to win. You want more gun laws to be passed. You want your rights more restricted because you don't want to do a fucking thing to actually stand up and elect people who are going to support your Second Amendment rights. All of you can go piss up a fucking rope and go to hell. Take it easy. Take it easy. There are children listening. They're children. So you can feel that you can feel the but this this is why we go after them and why it was worth us talking about them and having fun with them, calling them PP, uh, which is their moniker for themselves, their abbreviation for themselves, so that we get that line. Canvassers, not we're we're protesters, not canvassers. Yeah. Okay? Useless. You're useless. Beyond useless. Good second pro second amendment legislators lost. Uh narrowly in this election while why you these guys were protesting are outside the governor. the governor's mansion the night before the election i tells you everything you need to know yeah. about these guys they they are beyond useless and even as as the person who afforded this most of the folks in the second amendment community get it yeah they're not they don't agree with what governor hogan's done we don't either i get it that's fine and we can argue over that but to these guys are just they're beyond they're beyond useless they're beyond parody and, at this and point. people who disagree with the governor on guns or are very adamant about guns I, we're talking to you people these guys are useless i mean they're just they're just helpful to demonstrate how useless they are and what not to do but what i would say to you folks is if you don't like the governor there were really good legislative candidates who lost narrow elections tony mcconkey deb ray um christian glenn glass glenn glass okay probably i mean Two of them lost on the last absentee ballot count. Yeah. Okay, so you're talking less than a thousand votes for for two of probably not even less not than even anywhere two hundred votes. Less than two hundred votes for two of Actually, I think Christian Mele was less than two hundred votes too. It was very tight. Yeah. So I mean, these were close elections that guys like this who have plenty of time to make comments on MarylandShooters.com and have time to you know bang pots and pans outside of Maxine Waters' house but don't have time to go door to door to help these good pro second amendment candidates get elected, stay in office. And by the way, they're replaced by people who want to take away your gun rights. Right. Okay. They're not replaced by pro second amendment Democrats. And you people, and, and a lot of you people out there are like, well, Brian, you're getting really fired up about this. Yeah, we're really yeah, fired up. I am fired up about this because these are the same dead enders. These are the same, you know, born losers Yes, they have who the just want to complain. Tattoo on their forehead. They just want to complain. They don't want to do anything to protect their gun rights, other than sit up with their fake names on MD shooters right. and bitch. They don't want to do the actual work that it takes to elect pro gun people. They don't want to do the work it takes to stop. 
bad because, gun legislation because, because that would actually require effort and that would require them to work with other people. And people that may not agree with them entirely on everything. And they don't want to do that. And what's worse is they have this smug sense of superiority because they're a part of this concealed weapon cult. They know everything. They're the experts. And look, 95- Nobody else can even talk about it. We, they yelled at us because we thought something good happened for gun owners. They, they got so mad at us because we reported a story that was in the newspaper that said it was getting that w- there was a little bit of good news for Maryland gun owners. And they were outraged that we would even suggest that and then double that by giving the governor some sort of credit. Because in that article, I also talked about some of his appointments to the handboard handgun uh, commission and some of the litigation that was pending at the time. That, how dare you? We offended their God. Meanwhile, they're worse off now than they were then. Yeah. They're going to be worse off four years from now than they are now. The governor's not going to listen to anything they have to say. No politician should listen to anything they have to say because they're useless. Right. You know? And the guys who could have helped them, they weren't out there. Now, a lot of a lot of Second Amendment people do it the right way. But a lot of people— 95% in the Second, of the Second Amendment community A lot community of people in the Second it. Amendment community, we've had this debate for years, and we've gone up against different people in different contexts. If you want to affect the outcome, whether you're, it, whether you're generally a conservative, and this goes to the comments. This is the bigger issue and why we bring this up. This is a useful exercise. If you want to promote conservatism, however you define it, if it's a particular issue, whether it's life issue or taxes or the economy or whatever, the way that you do that ultimately is by electing people who are more, um, more to your point of think, your way of thinking – than what's there now. That's the only way you're going to get anything to change. And banging pots and doesn't change that. Right. Protest and, look, and, and having, you know, talking in the same bubble with people who already agree with you, if that helps get people out to help people get elected, fine. If it doesn't, it's a waste. If your protest is out there pro- helping legislators or helping to make a point or you're registering voters right. or recruiting candidates for office— that's fine. Let, That's not what you're doing when you're banging pots and pans outside the governor's house the night before the election. And, and here's the difference, okay? Moms demand action. You know what they're doing? They're getting people registered to vote. They're getting people to the polls. They're organizing. They're canvassers, not protesters. And yeah. guess what? They're, they a lot cleaned of their your, people won. They cleaned our clock in the last election. And if you want to beat people like that, if you want to beat back the, the, the you know, um, Moms demand action or whatever left wing gun grabber group you want to get that's become organized over the last few months. If you want to beat them, you got to organize and get people to the polls and you got to elect people. If you just want to if you just want to be in your little, you know, your little um, bulletin board and share your memes and have conversations with people who are already pro Second Amendment and think that's going to change anything. You're kidding yourself and you're going to sit back and watch the world burn all around you. And you know what? These guys are happy to do that because they think they're smarter than everybody else. They're misanthropes and they're useless. We aren't. So you know what? We support people who we don't agree with all the time. We look at people who are winning and try to copy that. We push people who we've helped who we've helped support to be more conservative. And that means we criticize Republicans sometimes. That's what we do. We see that as productive. So we point out people who are who are moving the conservative movement forward, even though they may not be the most conservative people in the world. We, we chastise people who are hurting the movement because they're doing things that are harmful, because 
that they're bad actors running for office or they're saying and doing bad things that hurts all of our chances of making this a, a, a better state. So that's why we do the awards that we do. Thank you, Patriot Pickett and Stove Man and all these morons for helping us so easily make that point. Put the moron moron. Good God. <sighs> See, this is what fires me up. It's not the people. I could tell you were fired. And notice I did that without cursing. Just, you know, tell before. You did. You did. Sometimes you have to. A little tough love. It's not, it's not tough love. Tough love could actually help someone who you're focusing. This is just making a point to people. And most of you most of you listening to this understand it and get it. Yeah. And, you know, someone thanked us for pointing this out. It shouldn't just – everybody should be pointing right. this out. Right. Everybody should always be pointing this out. You know, it goes on, back when you to see something- it on Facebook, when you whatever, these guys should be pointed it should be pointed out as the nonsense that it is and unhelpful. Yeah, it's nonsense. If you guys, if you guys want to come groveling back and actually say, "Hey, you know what? We want to be part of the solution, not be the problem." That's fine. I okay? wouldn't hold my breath, but I'm not holding my breath because you guys just want to sit there with your guns in your hand and you know get all, get your jollies being. I don't even know what you're getting your jollies doing. Quite frankly, you know we are just as Pro Second Amendment, as you guys are, except we're actually trying to fix things, and you guys at Patriot Picket aren't. Yeah, and, okay? and, and even if we weren't, you're just as you're 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 no better than the Democrats. And even if we weren't as pro Second Amendment as you are, you need us to help get elected, to help get people elected, to help change the issue. Okay, we're more pro Second Amendment than the people you're really fighting against. Right. You know, it's it's basic politics. It's not that it's not that complicated. And I'm not going to beat a dead horse because we made the point. But these people are out there. They're out there on Facebook all the time. They're, we hear this stuff for years and years and years. And there's there's people like you know, it's I hear this all the time. And it's people that are attacking the governor. It's the same thing. Well, he's not conservative enough. I'm just going to stay. Then you're useless. Then you're yeah. just like these these patriot picket idiots. Okay. Um, the the governor was able to put together a coalition of people who won. We can go to the governor and lobby him to kind of do things. He's going to be better on a lot of issues. Maybe not the issue you want. Maybe it doesn't go as far as I want. We'll disagree with him. Brian criticized him this week in an article for for the Redskins thing. Right. The governor is not right all the time. That's fine. We're, and we've never been afraid to say that. And, and that's fine. But I guarantee you we can get a lot more positively accomplished as conservatives for the conservative movement with Larry Hogan than we ever could with Ben Jealous. Amen. Amen. And if you don't understand that on a fundamental level, which most of you do, even the people who complained about voting for him still understand that, um, then you're useless. There you go. End of sermon. End of sermon. We want to thank you, everybody, for listening. Throughout the entire show today, uh, stay tuned to all of our Red Maryland Network programming. Saturday, the Conservative Refuge. Yes, I did say I would yeah. do that. Yes, um, sun, air raid probably not going to air this week. Just cause I'll be out of town, so probably not an air raid this week. But you get the Conservative Refuge. Yeah, and then next Thursday, Sa- Red Maryland at Gmail dot com. Tell me what you want to hear. Give me some. And next Thursday, we have the. I'll try to find a clown story just for we, you. We have the 2018 year in review episode of Red Maryland Radio, the last Red Maryland Radio episode of the year. Yeah. Uh, and then we will also announce the winners of the 2018 Red Maryland Awards. We will. 
Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. Uh, we are on Instagram at Red Maryland. We are on Twitter at Red Maryland. Folks, invite your friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, co-workers, co-religionists, in-laws, and outlaws to like our page. Share our stories with them. Let them know what's going on in the world of Red Maryland. And let them know what's going on in the world of conservatism in the state of Maryland. Um, you can subscribe to Red Maryland Network Programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play, and have shows like this one automatically downloaded to the device of your choice. Please go to redmaryland.com slash support us. You can find all the different ways you can support us there. Get your Amazon shopping done using the Red Maryland link. A portion of your purchase comes back to Red Maryland to help us grow and enhance the network. Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland for your Red Maryland gear. RedMarylandConference.com to buy your Red Maryland Leadership Conference tickets before they sell out. RedMaryland at gmail.com is the email address. Phone number is 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. And we will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. Greg, any final thoughts? No, that's it. I can't wait to see who uh, won the awards next week. Check that out. We'll have our little... You know, look back. It's that time of year. For everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening. For Greg Klein, I am Brian Griffiths. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Oh.